Everybody, Jacob Suntra, Managing Editor at FearTheFin.com. I'm here to take your questions. Uh, we're about six hours, a little fewer than six hours away from Puck Drop. Uh, Sharks Bruins tonight's last game before the Sharks' five-day mandatory bye week. Uh, hang on, I'm going to tweet this. So uh, I know this is anticlimactic, but I literally can't type and talk at the same time. So this is just what you're going to have to what you're going to have to deal with. Um, hang on. And nobody's here yet anyway, so we can do this. Uh, go ahead and drop questions in the little... What, 37 people are here? It only took 30 seconds. Oh my god, okay, wow, I totally misjudged that. Go ahead and drop questions in here and I'll answer them. Um, until you ask questions, I'm just going to have to talk about stuff. So, it's in your best interest to ask questions so you don't have to listen to me talk about nothing. Uh, I got about four hours of sleep last night uh, trying to drive down the stupid Cajon Pass of California because a little bit of rain happened and then the freeway fell apart. Um, that's because The Rock is out making movies and not trying to, to save Southern California from rain. Um, that's, that's literally true. So uh, Sharks take on the Bruins at 5.30 tonight, looking to sweep a back-to-back and head into the uh, mandatory bye week. Uh, Firmly in control of first place, uh, as if they wouldn't be firmly in control otherwise. Uh, right now, they've got a, a nice four-point lead uh, uh, over the uh, Edmonton Oilers. They've got they're up six points on the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, win tonight would you know keep the keep the Sharks six points ahead of the the Oilers. Uh, they would uh, the Oilers have a game in hand at that point over over the Sharks. Uh, thought the Sharks played really well last night against the, the Coyotes. They did, you know, what they needed to do. Um, I really don't think, the Sharks have only played one game against the Coyotes this year where they actually played poorly. The other games were really just that Mike Smith stood on his head, and it was nice to see Mike Smith play like crap for once against the Sharks. I think that, uh, you know, frustration can, and you know, not, not criticizing, but frustration gets the better of us sometimes when we play the Coyotes. And I think that people will, will tell you that the Sharks don't play that well against them. And I think that's not really true. Um, it's really just that Mike Smith has stood on his head a bunch of times, and that's really, uh, ah, it's really just the way things go. Um, so, uh, I see there are questions now. All right, what do we got? Uh, all right, uh, yeah, let's get a roll call. Who's going to be at the game tonight? Uh, there are going to be people at the, at the thing. How many goals do I think Brent Burns gets tonight? Uh, I'm actually thinking, yeah, he gets another two tonight. I don't think he gets quite gets quite gets the hat trick, but I'm I'm gonna say he gets four points though, two goals, two assists. What do you guys think? How are we feeling about that? Um, good question. I actually don't know if there are any giveaways at the game tonight. I will do a double check on that though. Does anyone know off the top of their head if they're doing any giveaways at the game tonight? I like I said, obviously I live in Southern California, so I don't live in the area, so I'm really bad at keeping and keeping uh, keeping up with what the what they do as far as giveaways. I know that in the past couple of years, his attendance has been kind of, you know, not as good as in years past, and they've relied less on season ticket holders. They've actually done a better job of giveaways. Um, that being said, the fact that it's a game against the Bruins makes me think that there are no giveaways because Eastern Conference teams, they don't have to give anything away. Um, where do they even have a promotional schedule? It doesn't say on their little thing here. This is terrible. Who designs this website? Let's see. Uh, it looks like there's nothing today, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, while we're doing that, whoa, you can get a Mardi Gras pack, though, when they play the Leafs on Tuesday. Mardi Gras pack includes two tickets, two craft beer, craft beers, or glasses of wine, sharks, drinking glasses, and two sharks beads. I assume that's just teal beads. That does not really sound that good to me. But the other stuff sounds really good, so I would totally be into that. Um, 
Let's see, when will Meyer come back in the lineup or will they go with Goldobe in the future? I think that Meyer is going to come back relatively soon. I just think that uh, the coaching staff is trying to mix and match guys, get everybody looks as they try to figure out down the stretch who's going to be the guys that play coming to the playoffs. And I don't really have a problem with it. I think Meyer's played really, really well, but I also don't think he's played so well that it's like, oh man, oh, got to play Meyer, got to play Meyer. Dude's part of the future of the team, but he's not because he's not scoring, I don't necessarily have a problem with not playing him. The, the thing that I have a problem with is that they're playing Michael Haley instead of Meyer. Um, I would have less of a problem if it was just, oh, Goldobin's playing instead of Meyer tonight, but the lineup is fully optimized otherwise. If they're playing Meyer, I think they should play both Meyer and Goldobin. I feel like it's not, it's kind of a false choice. They can play both of them. It's silly that they're not, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, do do uh, no, they should not start Aaron Dell tonight. There's no reason to start a goalie on back-to-backs. Listen, I'm all, I'm all about letting Aaron Dell get more starts. Starting a back-to-back nice is silly. It's okay to let Martin Jones start. I think, and listen, this is a narrative thing, so, you know, take this for a grain of salt. It'd be nice for Martin Jones to get a start tonight and play well because he played so, so terribly against the Bruins in the last game. That's just my opinion. Um... Well, Joseph, Joseph asked that, says he's no expert on strategy, but should we be worried that they could be going into the playoffs with a lousy power play? Um, I'm also no expert on strategy. Um, no, I wouldn't be worried. Uh, so we had a comment, a commenter uh, bring this up, uh, saying that the Sharks can't win with a bad power play, and that's literally not true. I, mean, I know you're not saying this, Joseph, so don't, so don't, don't take this as a criticism of what you're asking. There, the last six Stanley Cup winners. Um, a few of them have had really good power play success. I think it was the 2014 Kings that scored like eight goals per 60 minutes on the power play, but the like 2014 or 2015 Blackhawks or something like that scored like two or three goals per 60 minutes on the power play. Uh, my point is that is it better to score on the power play? Yes. Yep. Still better to score on the power play. You should definitely try to do that. Um, my other point is that it is not absolutely essential to score on the power play. So I, I think that, you know, is it good? Yes, you should try to do that. Um, but is it absolutely essential? No. It, I think that winning in the playoffs is a sum, of, a sum of the parts of a lot of different things. That being said, I think that it is time to, to address the power play. And I think that there are things that the Sharks can do to make the power play better. Marcus and I have talked about this on the podcast. And if, if you guys aren't listening to the podcast, I really think you should. Uh, Marcus and I, I think, do a pretty good job with that now. Um, a much better job than we did at the beginning. So if you listen to the podcast at the beginning, we're like, wow, these guys are clowns and terrible. Um, I think it is a lot a lot smoother now. Uh, we've talked about what we want to do with the power play, specifically uh, kind of mixing and matching a little bit of the first and second unit. We want to get Patrick Marlowe. We want to get the good, the bottom, the ugly line kind of on the second power play unit. So Patrick Marlowe, Logan Couture, Mikhail Bodker with David Schlemko and Chris Tierney all on the second power play unit. Um and I think that that would really help kind of solidify that second unit. I really think having Mark Edward Vlasic on the ice for the second power play unit is a big-time mistake. He just is not good offensively, um, or not good enough offensively to play play on the power play. He just looks does not look good out there. And it's unnecessary because I think the Sharks are a good enough offensive team that you can play one defender and four, uh, four skaters, or forwards, four skaters. Um, especially, that's why you got David Schlemko. David Schlemko, and I think that, you know, I think – I think you guys will agree that, you know, you watch Schlemko out there, and the dude is so good moving the puck. It's like, right, isn't this why we went out and got this guy? So he can quarterback the second power play? And yet, you know, Vlasic seems to be the guy touching the puck the most on the second power play unit. It's like, all right, no, uh, that's, not, that's not the deal here. So 
that is uh, that's that's my take on the on the power play at the at the moment. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk about Joe Thornton and and his you know continued decline because that's how it works generally speaking. You get worse as you get older. Um, I've already started declining and I'm only 25 years old, so I don't know about you guys. Uh, I I don't think that that's the problem. The problem is is more that uh, I think it's a, a factor of a lot of things. I think that 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 yes. The Sharks are, are a little bit predictable, but I think that the real problem is that the Sharks are riding a relatively low shooting percentage right now in the top unit, and the second unit is very bad, and that they haven't done anything to change the second unit. And I think that they have enough firepower uh, in other parts of the lineup that they're not experimenting with that, that, that there just kind of feels like a lack of creativity in the power play, and I feel like, you know... Um, and I, I'm generally skeptical of stuff like this, but I feel like, you know, it can't really hurt to give the power play a bit of a kick in the ass at this point. Um, it just, it just, it just can't hurt, right? You know, the, the, the guys aren't scoring. Um, and I'm not suggesting something, you know, drastic, like, oh man, you know, send Joe Thornton the second power play, because that's, you know, that's something an idiot would suggest as a hot take. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, I think keep Thornton on the top unit, keep Pavelski on the top unit and keep uh, Burns on the top unit. Um, other than that, you know, pretty much everyone else is, is, is expendable or, or movable anyway. The, to me, I, what I think is that Couture would be good on the second unit, not because I think Couture is a second unit player, but I think that using labels like that is um, part of the problem with the NHL as a whole. It's, it's kind of like this thing where we talk like, uh, oh, Meyer's not a fourth-line player. Goldobin's not a fourth-line player. It's like, well, listen, I know in, you know, um, in the old NHL, you're right, they're not fourth-line players. But it, this isn't Brian Burke's NHL anymore, or it shouldn't be, and we shouldn't want it to be. Goldobin could be a fourth-line player, and if he's a fourth-line player on the Sharks, the Sharks are going to win the Stanley Cup this year, or at least they could. Um, and that, to me, is a, is, is a way I want to see the Sharks play, and I think it's a way that they haven't played yet. And to me, that that is really why... I bring up the you know the decision to play Michael Haley over these guys so frequently. It has absolutely nothing to do with Michael Haley, who I think is a guy that has worked extremely hard and played really you know to obviously to the best of his ability, but really I think has played you know pretty well in a fourth line role in a traditional fourth line role. It's that I think the Sharks have the ability to try to change things and to try to move the NHL in a more positive scoring direction, and they're choosing not to do it, and I find that very frustrating as someone who wants to see the NHL take a step in a different direction. What I want to see is uh, an NHL where the where there are four scoring lines, where Nikolai Goldobin, Chris Tierney, and Timo Meyer play on a fourth line. I, I want to see that in the NHL, and I think it's frustrating to see Pete DeBoer say, "Yeah, I'd actually rather play play Mike, Michael Haley out there, you know, every single night instead of those guys." I don't mind, you know, uh, Michael Haley playing out there, you know, when they play the Kings. Even um, I think it's a huge mistake. You know, or even the Coyotes, whatever, because there have been a lot of penalty minutes. Um, yeah, because listen, coach is going to make a decision based on you know uh, either what information he has, what his gut tells him. Like, listen, that, that's his job. That's what he does. But my my point is, is that I feel like there's kind of an organizational decision being made, a philosophy being made that I feel like shows that the Sharks haven't actually learned anything since they lost to the to the Penguins, because I think that. Uh, a lot of stuff gets said very loudly and platitudely about why the Sharks lost to the Penguins. And uh, I think that a lot of Sharks fans forget that the Sharks lost to the Penguins because the Penguins were better. That That's the reason. Um, that's it. That's the only reason that they lost. They lost because the Penguins were a lot better and they had four lines and the Sharks didn't. The Sharks played with Nick Spalling on their fourth line 
And then Tomas Hurdle obviously gets hurt, and that's really the, the nail in the coffin. But uh, Roman Polak and Nick Spalling are a big reason why the Sharks lose. And now the Sharks are set, are playing with a guy like Michael Haley on their fourth line, not because they have to, but because they're choosing to. And again, this isn't a criticism of Michael Haley, who is just doing his job, man. Michael Haley, by all accounts, is a good dude who works hard, and who's it's really, I think, having you know the, the career year. He really is. I know it's his only his first goal last night of the year, but you know, plays responsibly defensively. Uh, it does well in possession, plays a really smart game, draws penalties, doesn't do stupid stuff in the offensive zone. I, I am not a guy that is out here to criticize Michael Haley. That is not that is not the point. That is not something that I am here to do. What I am here to criticize is uh, Pete DeBoer and Doug Wilson for, for getting to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in franchise history and seemingly learning nothing from it. That, to me, as a Sharks fan, is extremely frustrating because it feels like the Sharks we're at the cusp of really, really getting someone, really learning something from it. And then they didn't do it. Um, and that, that as someone who really wants to see Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe lift the Stanley Cup this year is something that I find kind of unacceptable. So that's a long-winded way to say, hey, man, I'm really tired of people telling me that I hate Michael Haley because I don't hate Michael Haley at all. I actually really like Michael Haley, and I love what he represents as far as a, a blue-collar guy that works his ass off and has been rewarded uh, for for you know for what he's worked for because I think the guy deserves it. I just think that what he represents in terms of management style by Doug Wilson and Pete DeBoer is disappointing in the NHL as a whole. So uh, nobody has said anything that whole time. So I hope that you guys were actually listening to that, and I hope you guys have some questions about the Bruins game tonight. The Bruins haven't played uh, have have played two games since they beat the crap out of the Sharks. Uh, they won them both, and then they went on their went on their bye week. Uh, so I guess there's some some hope for the Sharks' perspective of rust. I mean, listen, I think the Sharks are a better team than the Bruins uh, to a degree. The Bruins are you know have the best possession numbers in the NHL. I think those are a little inflated by the fact that Claude Julien had really done a masterful job with that team, and then he got fired because they had terrible save percentage numbers and terrible shooting percentage numbers. Uh, then the Sharks ran into a buzzsaw, obviously, because they're playing a very motivated team that had just seen their coach get fired. So now, now I think it's kind of an interesting thing because I don't think the roster is really that good. Uh, and I don't really have an opinion or even any information on, on their interim head coach to say what he's going to be able to get out of them going forward. So it's going to be kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic to see what he's able to do with this team moving forward. I, I think that they're going to have a hard time staying in the playoff race because I think that you know, the teams chasing them like Florida and Toronto are better than them in roster wise. Um, whether or not, you know, that turns in anything over the last 20 plus games of the season, who knows? And what that means for the Sharks tonight is also tough because obviously the Sharks are going to be, you know, are very, very tired. Listen, the Sharks have looked gassed for the past two weeks. And I, I, I understand that, you know, the schedule is so compressed and they've got an old team and that's going to really impact them. And I think that this bye week is really going to help, even if they look pretty crappy maybe coming out of the bye week. So I think prepare yourself for a loss against Vancouver on Saturday. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. This is going to be kind of a weird narrative-y type game. Uh, you know, some things to watch for, obviously. I mean, uh, what the biggest takeaway for me watching the Bruins this year, and I've seen them a handful of times, that, that David Pasternak guy is really, really, really good. Uh, he's great. You know, they've got some other great p- players, obviously. And, you know, Patrice Bergeron is still uh, incredible. Um and it's going to be a tough game for the Sharks. Uh, 
you know, I, I think the biggest thing for them is to try to get out to a good start because it seems like teams coming off of bye weeks have really bad first periods and then try to kind of start to build their way back into games as uh, as things go on. Oh, hey, look. Wow, people have been commenting the whole time, and I just had to scroll down. I'm just a freaking idiot. Wow. Look at that. Huh. Huh. Look at all that. Wow. Wow. Look at all these comments. <sighs> this is the worst. Okay. Uh, do you think we have... Okay. I know. This is the worst. Okay. Uh, all right. Hang on. Uh, there weren't that many comments. I only missed a, a bit. Uh, all right. Let's see. When are we going to see Martin Jones? Well, okay. I don't know how to... I don't even know how to answer that. I don't think Meyer needs seasoning in the minors. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, you can get seasoning in the NHL. That, that, to, I, I, that to me is a philosophy thing. Um, Meyer has looked fine in the NHL to me. And I know that there are guys that are, you know, definitely guys that watch the Barracuda a lot more than I do who, who disagree with me. Um, I know Zach, who you guys should follow. Uh, let me get his. I, I'm really bad at remembering his, his Twitter handle. Um, and uh, let's see. Dude, I'm going to pull this up right now. Uh, he, he's definitely been, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. it's at uh, Zach the Bear, Z-A-K-K-T-H-E-B-E-A-R. Uh, he has definitely disagreed with me philosophy-wise on this. And I really, uh, really I don't, don't agree with that. You know, I think that the best way to get better is to play in the NHL, not in the AHL. Timo Meyer is too good to play in the AHL. He doesn't belong there anymore. Um, that being said, he also clearly got better a little bit by playing in the queue, and the queue is a garbage junior league. So clearly you can get better playing against little children who can't play ice hockey. So there's that. Who knows? Um, I do think he'll get called up before the playoffs. I saw Dean Phillips asked that. Is there a category set for almost goals regarding Bodker? Um, yes, I guess so. It's called scoring chances. So um, I think you could probably look at uh, goals like – be scoring chance per shooting percentage. So percent of scoring chances that you scored on. is He's probably pretty close to the lowest in the league. That's a good idea for a post. Wow, Caleb Pitts, I'll get a, give you a shout out for that. Hold on. Let me write this down. Caleb Pitts. Have to kill him so I can take full credit for this post idea. Okay, got it. Sorry, Caleb. Just the way it goes. Uh... Whoa, Jennifer K. Robinson is going to be their center ice. All right, got to. Hey, Jennifer, what's um? Yeah, well, Jennifer doesn't care. Hey, guys, spoiler alert: Jennifer Kate Robinson doesn't care about giveaways because she's sitting at center ice. Wow, breaking news: the other half doesn't care about the giveaways because she'll be at center ice. Ooh, good for you. Uh, all right, I'm just I'm just giving you shit, Jennifer. I'm sorry, that was mean. Uh, I'm. Obviously pretty jealous. I'm going to be centerized of my television. I'm going to sit right dead center. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking for you. All right. Uh, do you think the Sharks will come out strong having played just 24 hours ago? I have no idea. I, honestly, uh, one thing that has been disappointing for me this year, and I think that this is something that's like, huh, huh maybe we gave Pete DeBoer too much credit last year. Spoiler alert, yes, we did, because we give all NHL head coaches too much credit and too much blame. Duh was the, uh, oh, man, the Sharks don't play down to their opponents anymore. Pete DeBoer is the best head coach of all time. The Sharks kind of seem like they play down to their opponent a little bit more this year, doesn't it, huh? Kind of does. Um, it's similarly, it's like the, uh, 
you don't really get the sense that they uh, that they you know get those fast starts or that they handle back to backs better or like I don't really get those narrative type vibes from this team anymore. So I'm not really convinced that uh, you know Peter Boer's in there. You know that he's like a masterful manager, manager of like the personalities and fatigue. And I'm not criticizing him either. I'm not saying like, oh man, Pete DeBoer's really like given up this year. I'm just saying like, oh man, almost like the head coach like matters, but I think we overestimate how much he matters one way or another. Um, let's see. Will Harris says, "Gold Open looks solid from my view here in Sacramento. Any thoughts on his game, and or do you think he'll stay with the big club for a while? I don't think he'll be with the big club." For a while, I think he's going to get a little audition and then go back to the AHL. Um, I I really like Oldman's chances of of getting a good shot to make the club next year, though. He is he's got a really tough in a tough position because his AHL numbers are good, but they are not so good that he's guaranteed a spot. Um, he's really gonna he would have to put on a show, and he didn't last night. He was good, but he was he didn't score. And that's kind of what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to score in the NHL in order to really, like, book his spot. Um, uh, Hardy Trivedi, and I apologize if I butchered that name, uh, asks, what moves do you see the Sharks make at the trade deadline, if any? Um, I don't really know. I I don't have a great sense for what they're going to do because uh, unless Pierre Lebrun breaks the rumors, uh, Doug Wilson doesn't leak anything. He leaks everything to him. So... Uh, if they make a move, it'll probably be a bad move for a depth defender and or scorer or for a backup goalie. Uh, that seems that seems pretty likely to me. Um, I wouldn't make any moves at this point unless Yudnistovsky is out long term, and even then, I wouldn't. Uh, the only move that I would make personally is uh, to go is a home run deal, you know, for a Matthew Shane type guy. I, and I know that that's not a likely move, and I'm not like one of those guys like, oh man. I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. They should just, you know, they should just go get a Hall of Famer. Boom, Steven Stamkos is going to sign here next summer. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if that kind of move isn't available, don't make a move because the market seems like it's pretty bonkers right now. Um, I don't know if this is a real thing, but the, that that rumor that got floated around, the, hey, I hear that uh, Boyle's available for a first rounder, and I'm like, oh, I'm good. No, uh, to me, the Sharks have excess right now. You know, if it's up to me, I think about trading a guy like, you know, a, a Tim Heat or something and trying to get picks for him instead of, you know, uh, losing a potential guy in an expansion draft or maybe even keeping Tim Heat and trading another defender or something. Um, I know the Sharks won't do that, and I know I'm in the minority, and I know nobody wants to hear about that, so whatever, that's fine. My point is, if the Sharks are going to do something at the deadline, I'd rather them sell excess thinking about the expansion draft rather than taking on rentals. Please keep your draft pick, Sharks. Don't do not do anything stupid. That's my take. Do you think Haley is the best player of his role who the Sharks have had played, have, have played in recent years? Sorry, this is also from Caleb Pitts. Caleb is on a roll today. Uh, he's including Scott, Burrish, Brown, so it's probably missing others. Oh, without a doubt. It's not, it's not even close in my opinion. Uh, I have a T-shirt that has Michael Haley, Adam Burrish, and Mike Brown on it, and uh, Michael Haley's the star of the T-shirt. It's, it's, it's legitimately not close. Michael Haley is legitimately a hockey player. Um, Adam Burrish was not good, but okay. And Mike, Mike Brown was legitimately terrible. Um, and yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Michael Haley's good. Uh, well, not good. He's fine, acceptable. He, he, really, like I think he's played played pretty well this year, all things considered. 
to me, it's and again, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's really not even about Michael Haley. It's just about the guys that are chomping at the bit behind him. It's like wow, and I and maybe this is partially on me for the way I phrased it. Um, it has less to do to me about Michael Haley and more like, man, I really would like to see Nikolai Goldobin up here. Man, I'd really like to see, you know, Timo Meyer up here. Man, Danny O'Regan seems like, like the real deal. I'd kind of like to see him up here, you know. And, uh, or, hey, I really think Matt Nieto is a good player. I, I think Tommy Wingles is a better player, you know, and I know obviously two of those guys are gone now, but you, you get the idea. Um, and, you know, I think part of it is that uh, – that, there's a, a very large defensiveness among fans that really want fighting to be a part of the NHL, which I think is funny for a couple of reasons. One, because of everything. Two, because Michael Haley doesn't really fight that much. He really doesn't. Like, I know he does fight, but he really very little, um, especially by fighting standards. Like, he's not really that much of a fighter. Um, anyway, which is fine, I'm, which is not a criticism. Um, anyway, uh, uh, do you think we have the speed to make a good playoff run? Because that's kind of how we lost the Pens. They were faster. That's sort of why they lost the Penguins. Um, speed is definitely a factor. I think speed is just, in this case, a corollary to they were a worse possession team than the Penguins. They're just a worse team. I mean, I think that this is a sort of a faster team. Um, to me, I, I think you could just say this is a better team than they were last year. Um, getting Schlumko and Bodker really helps. It really does. It, that just makes such a huge difference. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because you think about the lines that were so good for the Penguins last year, that HBK line, the, you know, uh, Hagelin, Benino, Kessel line, and it, that line sucks this year. Um, and I couldn't tell you why, but you look at those possession numbers, you watch them play, and it's like, wow, that line's not really that good this year. Uh, the Sharks are still not like a lightning fast team, but you got that the good, the bad, and the ugly line, which is just lightning fast, so good, so quick, so much fun to watch. And it's like, huh. You know, you got that line, you know, and you got the Hurdle, uh, Ward, and Meyer line, assuming Meyer gets called back up. And you got a fourth line, you know, and if you can consistently, you know, get DeBoer to play Tierney, Carlson, and somebody, that's a really good hockey team, man. That's a really good hockey team. And I, I really like their chances against anyone. And, you know, listen, here's the thing, and I think that this is a big thing that I sometimes even have to remind myself of. The Sharks could lose in the conference finals. They could lose in the second round. They could lose in the cup final again. And I think that the bottom line is that this is still a better – would be still be a better team than last year. And, and it takes so much luck to get to the Stanley Cup final. And I think that most people would agree that the Sharks were lucky last year, too, because that, that's just what it takes. I think that as it was happening last year, most people would, would realize, like, man, yes, this team is really good. But you get the sense, like, man, this team is getting a lot of breaks that teams in years past did not get, uh, which is not a criticism of that team. But, I, you know, people would ask me, hey, man, what's different about Joe Thornton this year? Hey, man, what's different about Patrick Marlowe this year? It's like, Nothing. You know, these guys are, are doing everything this year that they did every other year. And that, to me, was – it almost made it frustrating watching it. It's like, Jesus Christ, these guys are doing the same shit that they have been doing for years. And it's like this is the only time in their career that they've actually been rewarded for how hard they've worked. And, and you know, I, I, I understand that that's maybe not the best attitude in the world to have about it. But, you know, to me, it almost made me sad watching it that it's like, God – you guys have been doing the same crap for, you know, decades. And, uh, you know, uh, luck is a huge part of hockey. It just is. So so even now, you know, 
I, I almost, this is to me almost probably just trying not to get my hopes up that it's, uh, you know, they still got to get lucky, even if they are a better team. And that to me, that again, this is part of why I'm talking about, um, this is why I harp so much on playing an optimized lineup. It is not about me being like, oh man, oh, Michael Haley's not a good dude. Oh, I, don't, I don't like that. It has nothing to do with that. It's that, and it's not about, oh man, well, uh, what what does it matter if the Sharks' fourth line isn't that good? Is it because everything matters? Everything matters. And if you have watched the Sharks for long enough, you should know that everything matters. Everything matters, man. Literally every single play on the ice matters. Uh, you know, like, and if you don't get that at this point, then I really wonder, like, how much you're actually watching the Sharks at this point, and how much you've actually watched these playoff games. The only game that, that the Sharks lost to the Kings last year was because Justin Braun chased a hit instead of making a play in overtime. I'm never going to forget that play. You know why? Because the Sharks blew a giant lead in a playoff series like two years ago. They controlled that series and then blew it. And if you, if you think that I wasn't thinking of that series at the moment that he chased that hit and they blew that game, you're crazy. Because everything matters, man. Everything matters. And if you choose to play a worse version of your team just because, for no reason, and your response to that is, ah, oh, it's just the fourth line, or, oh, it's not that big a deal, or, oh, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? And like, okay, hey, listen, you're a fan, and you're allowed to be a fan however you want, but that's not ever how I'm going to view the game. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just, that's just the way I am. And so for me, it's frustrating when I hear people tell me, oh, it's just the fourth line, or oh, why are you even looking at the game? I was like, well, that's just the way I watch it, man. I'm not telling you how to watch the game, all right? So don't tell me how to do it. So that's, uh, that's another rant on an optimized lineup. So your mileage may vary. And uh, Ian points out that Goldie's D play was much improved from recent NHL auditions, though. I agree. That play that he made, and I think Ian would agree with this, uh, that play he made where he charged up, I don't remember who was, who had the puck on the blue line. Uh, maybe Ian remembers where he charges up to, uh, to poke check the puck away, you know, and it rolls up his stick or whatever. That was, uh, uh, that was an, that was a really great defensive play. And I saw him do that, like attacking the, the puck. And was like, oh man, you know, that, that's the kind of play that, that, you know, talking heads say that Russians don't make, you know, it's like, oh, Europeans don't attack the puck on defense. They don't do that. And he, he made an aggressive defensive play in the defensive zone. It's like, oh, man, that's – the coaching staff is going to remember that. You know, I'm going to remember that. That is, that is a legit play. So that, that to me is pretty exciting. And I, I just like watching Goldobin play, man. Uh, it's really fun to watch him play in the Barracuda because, you know, he'll do stuff that is, that's pretty stupid sometimes. Uh, he'll uh, – but it's not really usually in the defensive end, I, I don't find. I mean, even last night, you know, that drop pass to Paul Martin is like, okay, um, I don't know why you're doing that. Uh, but, but he, you know, he's, he's just an exciting player. He is fun to watch. I love watching high-end offensive players, and I hope that the NHL continues to move in that direction. I mean, we've got guys like, you know, obviously the Johnny Gaudreau's, Austin Matthews of the world, the Nylanders, the Patrick Lyonnais. Well, those are the guys that, you know, the NHL should be – turning towards as we move on. Um, yeah, I think Goldobin's legit, man. And I don't know if it's that the Sharks saw something in him that they could get him to play that kind of game or what, but 
I think Goldobin's legit, and I think that he's on the team next year. I don't know if he's going to stick this year. I really don't. I, I just be, Not to say that not because I don't think he can, but because I really don't have a good read on what the coaching staff thinks because it's the NHL, and it's, it, you know, it's tough. It is really hard to be like, hey, man, what's the co- what do you guys honestly think about anything? And they're like, oh, wow, hey. Here's a vague platitude. I, I, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything, you know. So, uh, does anyone have any other questions? Because if you don't, I'm, uh, I'm going to go eat something. Yeah, and I think Ian's right. If if Donskoy eventually returns, there's probably no room. But what? Uh, yeah, right. You can make any. Uh, okay, hold on, we've got more questions. Uh, Cameron Flood asks, can, you can make any trade in the lead up to make us better for the playoffs. Assuming this is the year we go in, what trade do you make? Must be realistic with the current market availability, and why make it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man, if I can, if I can go get Matthew Shane, I probably do it. I I would go all in to go get Tavares, even if it means mortgaging the future to do it. And I'm serious. I mean, you know, if it means giving up, you know, Meyer and Goldobin and picks, I I would do it. You know, and if, even if it hurts and even if it doesn't work, I would do it. Um, because I and Marcus and I talked about this because uh, the Sharks don't really have that like number one guy in the future because we're not convinced that Lokacher is going to be that guy and that's another discussion for another time. But uh, I, I would do that, and I, I'm not saying that that's 100% realistic. But if they would take, you know, if it would take us selling their farm to get a guy like a Tavares, I would do it. Um, more realistically, if we could, you know, uh, sell a D-man or something to get Duchesne and then you know, bring heat up or something, I, I, I might be willing to do that as well. Uh, I, I, I don't think the Sharks are going to make a trade before the deadline. That's my, that's my gut. And maybe that's just me being hopeful. That's Randy Phillips asking that. I'm going to upload this as a podcast. That's why I'm actually reading all of the questions out loud this time. I, I'm trying to be better about this. Uh, guys, puck drop. Guys and girls, people, gender neutral term. I should really be better about that also. Puck drops at 5.30 against the bees. This has been fun. Uh, until next time, I'm Jacob Sundstrom. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jake Sundstrom. Got lots of good stuff on the, uh, on the site right now. Uh, what do we have on the site right now? Let's, 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 take, let's, take, a, let's take a peek. We've got, uh, obviously, we've got our, our preview. Uh, We've got a sweet Barracuda weekend recap from your boy Ian Reed, who's uh, hanging out in the in the comments as we type. We've got a recap of last night's game from Mark Weber. Got a video of Michael Haley's first goal of the season, which you got to see a sweet slapper, uh, which he scored on Mike Smith. And honestly, uh, if that doesn't isn't the sweetest thing to ever happen, I don't know what is. I literally could not have written it any better myself. That is just beautiful. And um, I think that's going to do it, guys. Yes? Uh, I don't want to play the Kings in the first round, to be honest, just because uh, I can't deal with the flashbacks. I'm over it. That being said, sweeping the Kings would be sweet, so I don't know. Maybe that would be nice. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.